Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Murder Mystery Moon. You guys requested another one of these, and I'm so happy because I love true crime, but I kind of get hardcore. Like, I really need to, like, research a lot. So a lot of this Airbnb trip, I was just researching more and more and more because I just keep finding new pieces of information. I just think it's juicy. (laughs) Anyway, now we have drinks, and that's the first mm, Mm. must-have drinks. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> circle get there. back on it. We'll I don't know what this it. is called. Uh, Santa Slaughter? Yeah, we'll call it that. Oh, so, that was right off the top of your head? That yeah. was nice. Like, She's a trained improviser. Or if Santa sl- got slayed. Ooh. Santa slain. Mm-hmm. With the ho-ho-hos? Mm. Yeah. So if you want to make it at home, it's really easy. I just got some pre-made hot chocolate from the store. You could grab a packet of hot chocolate. If you want to get fancy, you can make your own hot chocolate. Super easy to make. But we did a pre-made version and I just warmed up some milk. I use cashew milk, but you can use regular if you want. Or you could use water. But honestly milk or something that's creamy will help mask the alcohol flavor so Mm -hmm. i highly recommend that as opposed to water um and then you're going to want to grab three alcohols i mean you could switch these ingredients out but these are the ones that i think are the best in this particular drink and that is an ounce and a half of bailey's an ounce of kalua and then a half an ounce of creme de cacao and you're going to stir all of that together top it with some marshmallows and we did a little splash of grenadine on the top to represent blood because it's spooky. Brave of you to assume that I know what an ounce looks like, but thank you. Just dump it <laughs> in there's, there. Um, there's measurements for it. You could use a little cup. measurement cup. You, you I think that's... I mean, it's, it, it, there's a recipe, but who cares? Alcohol yeah. to taste, everyone. Yeah. yeah. And taste. also, I feel like if you're super lazy, you could probably just dump some Baileys in there and, and call it a and day. And call it a day. <laughs> True. Without I, anything else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've, I've tested quite a few alcoholic beverages beverages um, that are like hot beverages and I don't feel like Bailey's gives me any buzz it's not enough it doesn't give me any buzz yeah. but mixed with Kahlua you could just dump some Bailey's the cacao what about Bailey's and vodka now you're talking that works too but you will taste the vodka right you will definitely taste the vodka well mm. unless you get a flavored vodka maybe that would work but you know try it out test Chocolate it out flavored vodka we're talking about uh murder today and it's very sad because this particular murder still goes unsolved even though it was 40 years ago almost 40 what? years ago yeah and it should have been solved i feel like by now but um also i wanted to say this murder took place around christmas time which is why i chose this particular yes, one we wanted christmas themed Murder. What's the matter, Gina? This is delicious. <laughs> also, Thank you. why it do is- I get these eyes on my cup? <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. Gina. I'm allowed to say it. All right, I'm Asian. <laughs> we gave her. That's a white man. Did you see my cookie That's a white man. Oh my gosh. Gina, where you- Gina. She just left. She just Gina, left your frame. cookie got eaten. You can't show your it. Your cookie got eaten. I oh, ate it. I ate, yes. Yeah. It was Vietnamese, not Chinese. It was Vietnamese. You need to stop it was mixing you. up cultures. Trend. There's a yeah. trend here. I'm feeling attacked, but. Okay, back to this murder. Sorry, oh my Libby. God. That was probably made in China. That's probably <laughs> why. <laughs> this is what Canada looks like to the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Also, fun fact. Um, did you know that back in the day, they used to gather around a campfire or a fireplace and tell ghost stories on Christmas. Oh, because Christmas was kind of like a Wiccan thing, oh. right? Really? I don't know. Yeah, pagan. Before Chris, pagan, before yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christmas. But you know that song that's like, we'll tell scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmas. Oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. I didn't even realize yeah, that. Right? And then even like Crazy. the ghost of Christmas. Anyway, this isn't a ghost story at all. It's a true crime story. And I want to set this, the tone because this took place in a really small town 
What you like that drink? Strong. <laughs> it's strong. It's hitting her right in the right in the butt. Right, right in yeah. the pussy. Fire in there. It hit her in the. Why anyway. is it spicy? <laughs> so this takes place in a really small town of Burke County, North Carolina, Ooh. and this is the murder of Rhonda Hinson. Now, when I first looked up this murder case. This murder case. Yes. Uh, I was just looking up like murders that happened around Christmas time. And I would come across uh, videos and different articles of like various murders that happened around Christmas time. A lot of people get murdered around Christmas time. It's kind of crazy. Why is um, I think because emotions are high, you know, like Damn. breakups and then happen winter, around holidays. winter blues. People are lonely. People are resentful. Pressure. Everyone's happy. And so people that aren't happy are like, oh, I'm not happy. And so misery loves company. But there wasn't a lot of information about this case. So Originally, I kind of brushed over it. I saw the Unsolved Mystery episode that came out originally in 1989 or 85. That's when I was born. Oh, no. One of those two years. <laughs> <laughs> it was an odd number. Uh, but 1985. <laughs> and they didn't really have a lot of information to go off. So this was the original case that everybody talks about. Any video that you watch, it all talks about this. This is how the case goes. So Rhonda Henson was 19 years old. She was on her way to a company... Uh, a company Christmas party and after the company Christmas party she was going to stay at a friend's house um, one of her co-workers that lived nearby and uh, what happened was she went to her friend's house but then she only ended up staying for a few minutes and she decided to actually drive back home to spend the night on her way home she never made it because she was shot fatefully in the back of her while she was driving um, a bullet had gone through the trunk of her car and the back seat of her car and punctured through her heart, rendering her dead on the spot. She had maybe 10 to 15 seconds of consciousness, but then she must have been dead, uh, you know, after the autopsy, uh, like, found the trajectory of the bullet. They're like, yeah, there's no way she would have been conscious. However, when she was found, her body was actually found outside of the car, a few feet from the car, Mm. and her hands were positioned deliberately by her side. Yeah. So a couple weird things happened um, leading up to her death as well. Her mom had a premonition while this was happening. She woke up in the middle of the night. By the way, this was December 22nd at approximately 1230 a.m. Yeah. And so the mom actually woke up in the middle of the night and had a feeling that something bad happened to her daughter. And the feeling was so strong that she made her husband, she tried to go back to sleep a few times, but then she was like, no, I can't ignore this feeling. And she made her husband turn on the radio and almost immediately reports came on the radio of a car accident that happened in the area. So the mom was kind of freaking out. She didn't want it to be true. So she sent her um, son, Bobby, to go see who it was. Well, it ended up being her daughter, Rhonda. Oh, no. Other strange incidences that happened in the weeks before Rhonda's death were that um, she started getting really scared to go places alone. And she like would ask her dad to like, please accompany me everywhere I go. She didn't want to be anywhere alone. Um, She also would wake up frequently in the middle of the night because she had trouble sleeping and she would um, shower. She would take lots of showers. And so one time her mom was like, why are you showering in the middle of the night constantly? And she said she just feels dirty, which is 
Mm, a common, rape. yeah, a common thing that happens with rape, rape victims or sexual assault victims, though this has never been confirmed. Um, another weird thing is um, because of the insomnia, she would beg to sleep in her parents' room. Often she would fall asleep on the floor near the foot of their bed. And then she would beg to like sleep in the same room with her brother. She even offered to pay her brother to let her sleep in his room because she like, just have- did Something happened to her. She doesn't want to be alone. At yeah, night. she does not want to be alone. She again? She was 19. Oh. Yeah, and she was never like this before. She was always like pretty bubbly, a good student, a good athlete. She was actually a star athlete. She was on basketball teams and um, she was like a star tennis player. Um, she was in a ton of different sports, but tennis was like her main one. Oh, I love tennis. Yeah. Good. She, she would have been your I'm friend. Sorry. Yeah, she would have been my friend. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, and then uh, also um, at one point, her and her mom were getting ready um, and her mom, like, they were in the bathroom together and she asked her mom randomly, if it would ever be okay to be with a married man and her mom <gasps> <All right. laughs> yeah, her okay. mom said no that would hurt somebody it involved. seems pretty obvious where this story is going but i feel like you wouldn't pick such an obvious yeah. story you know i thought that maybe because it's an unsolved mystery yeah. i was like well i love playing drunk detective i'm like i'm gonna figure mm-hmm. this shit out yes but the more i dug the more i was like what so this, I'm telling you what okay. the facts were okay. based on the Unsolved Mystery episode that came out okay. when it was first publicly released. And then weirdly, it hadn't been updated for like decades, like forever. This was the only information that people knew. So, um, you know, well, at he, this point, what are you guys thinking? Yeah. Hearing I'm thinking that. she got raped by a teacher or something or like some like other like a married man in her life. And that's the reason why she felt so dirty and why she even asked that. She probably feels guilty or something. And then the man didn't want her telling anyone, so he would hunt her down and killed her so she wouldn't tell anyone. I'm imagining it's someone a little bit more high profile in the town. It could be like a pastor. It could be like... Governor. Governor. Somebody somebody a little bit more high profile than a teacher. But if she wasn't a lot of sports, it could have been a coach or something. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it just sounds like somebody who was married who... Maybe she kind of had a crush on like younger women sometimes do fantasize about older men. Be Well, before they really understand what they're getting themselves yeah. into. And then when the sex part comes, then they might freak out. So then maybe he raped her. And then dirty. now she didn't want to say anything. But then maybe he was just like, oh, she's not handling it well. I got to get rid of her. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. And then also something eerie, um, you know, the friend's house that she was supposed to spend the night at. She had had gone to the friend's house and they were all like getting ready for bed. And uh, she made a phone call and then getting off the phone call, she said, oh, I guess I better I better go then. And then she decided to go. Oh, and wait, was, say that again now? She said, I guess I better go then on the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, in kind front of, of in her a, friend? Yeah, kind of in a solemn tone. By the way, Rhonda was like a person that kind of kept her business to herself. So yeah. it was really hard. She w- she didn't just talk about her problems all the yeah. time. Um, and then do, do we know if like the cops ever looked into the phone records to see who she spoke with? Yeah, so <gasps> we do know that. But that wasn't disclosed in the original episode. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know why they kept it so i wonder if some of those episodes were like um there was a little bit of politics around why they wouldn't tell like some parts of the story like maybe they're they had an idea of a suspicion of who it was but they but didn't want to get say. sued True. because they're like there's not enough so then it would be libel or whatever yeah that could be the only the other information they gave in the episode were um witness accounts of the 
scene of the crime scene, um, there were there was a person that had been driving right before the murder happened and recounted a car that was parked under the overpass that was <gasps> a dark blue. They described it as a Cheville, a dark blue Cheville that was kind of messed up in the front, and there were two white males in the fr- in the driver and passenger seat. And then another witness um, that was driving after the murder took place saw the same, a similar car, described it under hypnosis, um, described a similar car, a beat up blue car um, with gray primer on it. And there was one male driver driving very fast the opposite direction that he was driving. And as he continued on, about a mile down the road was Rhonda's car in a ditch. And he saw another white male about five, ten to six foot tall with dark brown hair that was at the driver's side um, door with a slumped driver and he just thought that maybe it was a drunk driving thing like um it was a drunk couple Mm -hmm. and so he just didn't think anything of it and he just kept driving but those were the two accounts so the same car was marked also there was a witness that described around that time she saw two cars parked on along the side of the road um one was a beige car and one was a a toyota and that's all she said um, we don't know if they're connected. I'm curious about the under hypnosis part. Yeah. So one of the witness decided to go, um, he agreed to go under hypnosis because he just wanted to help the case. And under hypnosis, he was able to recount way more details than before. Before hypnosis, he was like, I think the car was a Cheville, a blue Cheville. Um, and there were two drivers or there were two people in the car. But then under hypnosis, he he's like, oh, it had gray primer, and he, oh, wow. yeah, this was the person at the driver's side window, yeah, and that's and that was it for years and years. So speculation wise, you guys are pretty on the nose with some of the popular theories. Oh, yeah, um, since there didn't seem to be a motive for the murder, if you talk to any of her friends and family, they were all like, she was the friendliest person ever. Mm-hmm. She definitely didn't have any enemies. She was so nice to everybody. She like not a bad bone well, a in small her body. Town too, right? Yeah, everybody yeah. knew everybody. They were like, she didn't have anybody that would be like vengeful against her. So people thought maybe it was because it was on a highway that maybe it was like an accidental thrill kill like teenagers were shooting at cars mm. and it like accidentally some country shit yeah exactly mm-hmm. and so then they got scared because they didn't mean to to do it and so they ran off um another theory was that maybe it was the scorned lover of that married mm-hmm. man that she was seeing oh. or maybe it was the married man that didn't want the secret to get out um but either way a lot of people um ruled out the thrill kill um, yeah. theory because they were like because Rhonda's window was rolled down it seemed like she talked to somebody right before she started driving again and she would only have stopped for somebody that she knew oh so they're saying that they're they're thinking that she got shot when the car was stopped yeah, uh no Oh. Yeah, they think that she stopped the car, talked to somebody, then started driving off and got shot. Because her car the, through the back end of through the, the car. back. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that it was from the trunk. Yeah, I thought someone was in the trunk. Oh yeah. no, no, like, someone was know, standing outside the car. Okay, I yeah. was thinking like a man. You know, like sometimes you see those scary movies where like the girl yeah. goes to the grocery store, gets back in her car, and there's someone's like in the back seat. I was no. thinking like someone oh, no. popped her trunk, got in her trunk, and then just oh, that would shot be scary. Yeah, that's insane. So this person had incredible aim to be able to shoot outside of the car through the trunk 
the back seat and hit her right in the heart. It was only one shot. Yeah, it was probably shot. an accident. It was a. But it was that perfect. <laughs> I don't know guns very well, but I think it's called a thirty caliber rifle. So there was. Oh, was there a sight on it? I wonder. I don't. Yeah, it was like oh, the damn. kind with the the circle target thingy. Yeah, but they. They're just like trying to gather what the weapon could be based off the bullet. They don't know mm-hmm. the actual murder weapon. Yeah. They just know what it isn't. Like right. what kind of guns couldn't shoot that bullet. Mm-hmm. Damn. And it was yeah. only one shot, right? Yeah. You only get one shot. God damn. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> had to bring you it up. Nikki had to. <laughs> yeah. So this was all the information when I was looking up Christmas. That's all, that's all that. The, that's all the information that was there. But I was like, no, that's not fair. Like, how can I know, I'm like, were her family just let that yeah. die? But they didn't let it die. Good. In fact, all of these years, the case because it's such a small county, there were thousands of hours going into this case because it was the biggest case to happen they don't have shit else to do yeah but they still like still no new information was getting released to the public until around i think it was like around 2002 this reporter got access to all these files that were previously um not open to the public because i think the family just felt like you know what it's been so long like just fucking do what you gotta do so she powered through like six inches of paperwork and Damn. yeah, hundreds. Six inches like, is a lot. It's a lot of hours. It's enough. Not, not it's enough. enough. It's, it's the national average. <laughs> yeah, not enough for paperwork. some. A lot for others. The you know? national average. It's yeah. actually more than the national average. More than the national average yeah. of paperwork. She, she powered through it. <laughs> yeah, she, she got in there. She, she got, powered through. She, it. Got she made it. She made it work. It got in her. She made yeah. it work. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. Stupid. Um, so she came out with this article series that uh, then continued through 2019. Not her continuing it but people picked up this article series and as more information came out um so much stuff got revealed from then to 2019 that previously was not released and yet no one has really updated on like a massive scale um so here's what i found and i want to i want to know what you guys think because it sounds like there's hmm three main suspects but really i feel like it's got to be down to two okay okay let's see if we'll knock the same one out that you knocked out okay oh here we go so as i mentioned before after examining uh, examining multiple angles and bullet trajectories detectives have concluded that this was no random act this was somebody that had premeditated this and typically when you delve into murder investigations you look at the people closest to the victim first right Mm -hmm. you look at friends and you look at families so but there were so many people that were left uninterviewed or at least the interviews did not go to the public or weren't put together in a case there were dead ends you know if you want to have a nice smile and straight teeth but you weren't born that way like guess what you could like you? If you weren't born that oh, way. Oh, like, yeah. If same, you were straight same. like Jess. Yeah. I was yeah. born with straight teeth. We all had some fucked up and you, do, and you don't want to go through three years of metal braces like a me. Um, you can pick up some candid aligners. Um, candid clear aligners are comfortable, removable, and totally invisible, unlike braces. So you can transform your smile without anybody noticing. Plus, your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. 
How does that class go? Like each class, you're just like observing teeth. <laughs> they, they, mu- they must love it. They're like, yeah, that's moving so they do. slow. They do. It takes 10,000 e- hours of something to become an expert, too. So 10,000 hours of watching teeth move. These people are doing that. <laughs> God bless them. Right. Somebody has to do it. God bless them. Your treatment includes remote monitoring by the same orthodontist who created your plan. So you never have to wonder how you're doing. You'll always know. And I love that. And the average candid treatment is just six months. You'll start. Mm. Seeing results right uh, way before That's then. So fast! Wow! Right I love away. the future. I love being in the future. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it costs an average of fifty percent less than Invisalign. Ooh. So start straightening your teeth today. Right now, all our listeners can save seventy-five doll hairs Damn. on Candid Starter Kit. Go to candidco.com/mood and use code mood. That's candidco.com/mood code mood to take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit candidco.com slash mood code mood yes and once you fix your crooked teeth you can fix your crooked brain with talk space we're all kinds Mm. of messed up (laughs) (laughs) and we're gonna help you fix it we're gonna help you okay like okay so some people some of y'all need some serious fucking therapy some of us At just me. have some things going on in our At life. Me. We need someone to talk to. I'm I'm adding Gina. Gina needs the most serious therapy that you could possibly get. Um, but the rest of us who just have like normal life shit that we're going through, we don't want to burn out our friends talking about our problems all the time because maybe we won't take the advice exactly when they tell us and how. So then they get pissed off at us. It's great. To Are have you attacking a- yourself? <laughs> I'm I'm if I'm gonna call out Gina I can call oh, myself yeah. <laughs> okay yeah so if you don't want to burn out your friends and you want to talk to a licensed therapist Talkspace has a ton of them that you can select from um, if you start with one you realize they're not really your vibe or whatever you just end that conversation and then pick another one right away and I like that you can kind of look at their little resume see what their specialties are like if I'm dealing with uh, generalized anxiety this person deals with generalized anxiety this is a good match for me I'm gonna try them out Um, And one great thing is that Talkspace covers over 40 million people for online therapy through their insurance or employer. This is huge. Like, it wasn't like this when these companies first started. Now you can use your insurance. This is amazing. Um, The Talkspace network is composed of thousands of licensed therapists, experienced in treating depression, anxiety, substance abuse, trauma, relationship issues, food and eating, and so much more. And it's always very secure and private. Talking to my friends is so different from talking to a licensed therapist who has expertise and knowledge to give me practical guidance. Talkspace gives us the support we need at an affordable price. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code MOOD to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's MOOD at Talkspace.com. Yeah. Looking past, uh, looking at the two years leading up to her death, it was discovered that she was dating a guy. She was dating a guy named Greg, Greg McDowell. All right, Greg. Yeah. I see you, Greg. We're looking at you, Greg. So Greg and Rhonda started dating her junior year of high school, and they seemed absolutely smitten with each other okay like greg especially he was writing her so many notes Ugh, desperate oh my god so Aww, she kept all love. she kept all the notes they're all at her parents house and the are notes they public they are oh. was it facebook official 
It, they didn't have Facebook back then. This okay. was the 1980s. They were going steady. They were going Week. steady. Was it yearbook official? <laughs> Definitely. They Sounds were actually like known as a hot couple on campus. Oh. Oh. Because she was a star athlete. He was a star acad- academian, you know, academia oh, nut. Honor society or something. <laughs> academia <laughs> nut? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're foreshadowing the nut part. Mm, maybe. Right? Maybe, Jess. He's a bit of a nut. Alleged nut. But he nutted. Uh, that's true actually we'll get to that um, oh, oh. <laughs> there's, there's, no, nothing. there's nut in the story i mean oh, barely but oh, so we have a small amount of nut barely? the national <laughs> average amount of nut okay <laughs> okay the national okay. average amount so the, the letters that he was sending her were super cute okay they were like you know you're my little fuzzy lassie that's what he would call her you're my fuzzy lassie he would be like he called her a dog uh, you, I think that was an inside joke who are you talking to Just I think a fuzzy lassie it might be a drink too now that oh, I think it? of it I don't know this old timey oh, speech a, from the 1980s that's a fuzzy navel I don't know. Um, yeah, so he would write her little notes. And she had nine notes in all together of their junior year. And her mother was talking about how Rhonda seemed super happy that first year. It all changed the second year, though. That's when they had sex, the second the year. The notes started getting very sinister. <gasps> yeah. It was well, after she let him nut. They were kind oh, of... Um, damn, her pussy was that bomb. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was. They were kind of still cute notes, but like with a weird, dark undertone. So you can tell from the notes, he would start getting really, really jealous. He would write her apology notes. We don't really know mm-hmm. what happened, but he would say, he'd say things like, sorry, I said the things I said, but maybe you could understand, you know, when I saw that you... Um, couldn't wait to see him again. I just really felt like maybe something was going on. And if there's nothing going on, then jealous. you won't mind me beating his ass then, smiley face. What? Jeez. Yeah. Jealous. Super emotional energy, dude. She started getting, he started getting very possessive. Also, he would get really passive aggressive when she would tell him. Little dick he energy. Would, um, yeah. When he would, sh- she said that she would show up before the bell ring of um, the first period to hang out with him. And then he, she wouldn't show up. So he would write notes like uh you weren't there again you know and uh even though it makes me really bad i still really really love you this guy cannot take a hint yeah yeah and also he's actually driving her away with that yeah. fucking psychoness people yeah. don't know that guys don't do this girls don't do, do this either nobody, but, like, should, yeah. do nobody this. should do this don't this like is toxic. match their energy if they're pulling back then pull back a little bit it's okay things take time yeah and maybe be more like interested in what's going on maybe be more interested in yourself for a little bit if you guys need some uh, some space communicate like tell about it if they walk away don't run towards them give them some space yeah and set their house on fire no gina 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 Gina? no don't do that gina um during this senior year of high school uh, a lot of her friends and family noticed her demeanor change so she used to be very smiley and bubbly and talk to everybody and then she until a man entered her life sorry go ahead maybe so she got really uh reserved and her grades started slipping she used to be like a really solid eight straight a student and then her grades started slipping um she was a lot more somber like she wasn't as smiley she used to have a contagious smile and so you can see in greg's notes he actually starts getting mad that she's not happy and will be like like some of the notes are like i better see you smile again or else i'll shoot you with my shotgun (laughs) ha 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 just kidding he had one are you kidding me greg and then he would write like 
Where's that smile I used to love? Remember, I have a shotgun. You crushed it, Whoa, Greg. You crushed better, her smile. You better yeah. smile or I'm going to decapitate you. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Love your brontosaurus unicorn. Kind of psycho. <laughs> Fuzzy wow. brontosaurus. Greg is a psycho. Fuzzy. Yeah. It was Greg. So Greg just really, really loved her so much. In um, a disgusting way. Yeah. In a way that's way. all about him. It's in not even about her. Way. Yeah. And then um, all of her friends. So she had a best friend named Jill and uh, Jill Turner. And Jill and Greg left for college. So after they graduated high school, Rhonda just wanted to go work right away. She was sick of school. She didn't like it. It wasn't her thing anymore. But um, Jill and her boyfriend, Greg, went off to college. And he would write her all the time when he was away at college. He would just say how much he misses her and that he's crying without her. Oh, oh, I forgot to tell you guys. During the senior year, he also wrote a note that was apologizing for pushing her. Um, so Uh-oh. he did get physical as wow. well. Wow, domestic violence. We mm. love to see And that. then there was a note that responded from um, Rhonda, which was saying, um, it was saying, hey, thanks a lot for hurting my lip where my tooth hurts. Um, not, no longer your fuzzy lassie, Ooh. Rhonda. So he beat her somehow. Maybe. That yeah. indicates some sort of physical. He out. He killed her light. And I am upset with you, Greg. He smothered her flame. I am upset with you, Greg. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he was writing her letters in college, being like, I miss you so much, I miss you so much. But every time he would visit, he'd just get really like skeptical of anyone she was talking to or seeing he was like digging into all of her her information like looking at through journals would like spy on her all kinds of stuff like that um at one point she came home with a potted plant and she was he was like or her mom said where'd you get that potted plant and she said oh dawn from work gave it to me and then greg looked at her like really mad and uh ronda was quickly like no he gave them to everybody in the office and ronda worked with Greg's mom and she was like watch your mom has one when you go home you'll see like she has one too and then she like rushed to his mom's house to bring another plant (laughs) (laughs) the same plant yeah Yeah. Um, he also would comment on her weight a lot like he would send letters being like you better lose two pounds by the next time I see you I'm tired of Greg I'm sick of him I want to beat his ass (laughs) he would also get mad if she bought anything new so she would spend a portion of her paycheck buying him him something every time what the yeah but if she ever bought anything for herself Greg would like accuse her of wasting money and whose money bitch my money exactly Can you imagine being married to a man like that? I cannot. Thank God for the women that got all those divorces Uh like leading up to the modern times so that we can get one so easily. Thank Mm -hmm. you, ladies. Mm -hmm. Love you. There were so many Gregs that they had to marry. Mm -hmm. Also, this is going to ding, ding, ding some bells in your head. Okay. Um, Ding me. (laughs) The car that Greg sometimes drove (gasps) was was a a blue blue Chevelle, wasn't it? It was a blue Nova. My Which daddy has a Nova. Looks like a Cheville. Wait, who has a Nova? My daddy has a Nova. Oh. And it was fucked up like. in the front. But they're, and they're had like, primer oh, on it. Oh. There we go. So people just don't know cars in that town. Yeah, I mean, possibly. it's nighttime. They're trying to describe what yeah. they see. But I I can't remember Sounds years like in cars. I'm really bad with them. Yeah. But I believe it was like a 1977 Cheville was what was quoted. But a 1970s Nova looks just like it. Okay, maybe the editor can put those on screen. Yeah, and you can I'm, see for yourself. I can't recall what they look like. I had to Google I, them, but yeah, no look, idea. look at, look at how similar these look. <laughs> if someone asked me to describe a car, I honestly can't tell the difference between a Camry and a Honda. I just can't. Like it's the same. Can I? Okay. Theory? What theory is 
Greg raped her. That's why she felt so dirty and showering all the time. Maybe she leaned on like a, a peer or something that's married also and fell for that married man. Like maybe that she was, was trying Dan. to escape her relationship yeah. because it was like an abusive relationship. Greg yeah. tried to kill both of them. And then Greg tried to kill her. But I don't mm. know about both, but that's my theory. Wait, going back to what you were saying about the witness seeing a driver and then like another driver a slumped slunch, over. Yeah. Slumped over driver. That slumped over driver we're assuming was her? Was Rhonda, yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought it was a man. Yeah, okay. No, was- no. Um, yeah, there was a man at the passenger or at the driver's window um pulling the driver out, but she was all slumped over. Oh man, they saw the murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They saw Crazy. or at least the aftermath. The aftermath yeah. of the murder, yeah. Mm-hmm. They just thought like, oh, it's a drunk couple. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the guy's car was behind this car. So there were two people on mm-hmm. the site. Yeah. Um, yeah. So pretty weird. Right. However, there were a lot of also weird things um, that were about his father, Charles McDowell. The pastor. Ooh. Oh, the pastor. She banging the pastor. Ooh, I called, called it. it. About a month before she died, um, Rhonda was having lunch with her best friend, Jill, and recalled the time that she was over at Greg's house. And Greg, oh, they were playing basketball first, and so they were getting really sweaty. And as they went inside, Greg said he was going to go take a shower. So Rhonda went to the kitchen to get something to eat, and all of a sudden she felt two arms wrap around her, which she assumed was Greg trying to surprise her. But she turned around. It was her rapey pastor dad. It was his father. Oh, Greg's weird. father. Oh, Greg's father, Charles McDowell. Creepy. And then what? Like, why was he hugging her? What the fuck? Right. He, was he would also Joe Biden. accidentally Sorry. brush against her a lot. Sometimes when she would be in the bathroom, she would open the door and he'd be waiting outside for her. He freaked her out. Like, um, she also had lunch with her, uh, not lunch. She was hanging out with her cousin about a month before her death. And they always told each other their secrets because neither of them knew the people in each other's lives. So it was kind of like, whatever I tell you, you're not going to tell anybody. And she talked about how creeped out she was by Greg's dad and that she avoided him. She would uh, go to dinner with his family a lot and she avoided sitting next to him because he made it a habit of reaching for her leg under the table all the time. Creepy. Yeah. I wonder if Greg knew this and he blamed her for it somehow. Maybe. Damn. Like, because he can't control his dad or maybe his dad beat him or something. Or maybe his dad convinced Greg that she doesn't want you. She look, she look what she did to me. She was like, maybe coming on to me. It's a whole household of toxicity. Yeah. And yeah. So the mom. Right. So she was like a beloved woman of the church. She was kind of strict. Like she also worked with Rhonda and didn't really like talk to many coworkers. Like a lot of her coworkers didn't necessarily like her they didn't really invite her to anything she was just kind of like uptight you know um but she would like go to bat for her family she was like she refused to believe like any foul play was happening um but later it was revealed like a few years after Rhonda's death um that during this time Charles McDowell was definitely having affairs with other women he had placed an ad in the paper for a female companion and lied to the person that answered the ad. He started meeting up with this woman that answered the ad and he would see her like once a week up to two times a month, um, like between those, that amount of time, like not very frequently, but like once a week. And during those times he would lie to her all the time. First he said he wasn't married. Then he said he is married, but his wife's in a mental institution. 
Um, typical. <laughs> typical. That it, sounds so yikes. 60s, too. 50s, right? 60s. Like my wife. She's crazy. She's in the nut house. She's in the, I'm, she I'm so hysteria. sad. So he pulled this off in a small town, or maybe he was like, yeah, he went to different a different like town to meet up with her. Okay. So they yeah. didn't know he was a pastor, number one, a public figure. Yeah. And number wow. two, married with children. Yeah, but he lied about it. being a minister and said that he was visiting sick children in the hospital and would have to like go oh, visit him. Like the worst what people. Just yeah. Why are they all in the church? Then also a few years after Rhonda's death, um, there was an anonymous tip that came in. Um, this person had rented a, a P.O. box and started getting weird mail. Like at first it was like Fredericks of Hollywood type catalogs would come in addressed to a Charles McDowell. And then there were... It's be- a lingerie store, by the way. It's a lingerie store. It's defunct now, right? It's, yeah, been, I think it's, it's been out of business. business. Yeah, I haven't yeah, but heard of Fredericks was, in a long time. This was in the 90s. Years. This was yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. And... Um, she, then she started getting uh, letters from sex workers that had pictures of them in negligees. And it would be like, come see me next time you're in town. Wait, who found this? The This girl that was renting a P.O. box. So then she went curious to see, like, who is this Charles McDowell? Wait, so she, she was getting his mail in yeah. her P.O. box? Yeah. So Okay, oh. I missed that part. Yeah, she was getting his mail in her P.O. box. And then she went to the person that was running the P.O. box, the hardware the store. Postal service sucks. Well, they know, right? Like, it, he was actually it like his old PO yes box? it was oh. his old p.o box he so paying for it. he was talking about how this was a pastor that used to live there but then he moved to Asheville, and so she looked him up and it was this charles mcdowell that was oh. connected to this case so sketchy right and needless to say the well, dad was driving greg's car that night ooh, maybe um, they were actually family cars, all the cars that they owned. So they would rotate like who was driving. Yeah, it could have been anyone in that car. Damn. So yeah, um, Charles and his wife Betty McDowell ended up separating because once the affairs were kind of confirmed. Good for you, Betty. Yeah. yeah. And then he resigned from being a pastor and moved to Asheville, where I don't know what he does now. But is he still alive? I think he might be still alive. Yeah, I think he is still alive. Yeah. Give it to him, Jess. We don't know. Everything's finger alleged. Right to you. It doesn't matter what's alleged. But those those are things are real. There's those definitely enough those creepy things. shit. Yeah, yeah, there's enough to solid give him the yeah. bird, for sure. So um, I mentioned that uh, Rhonda worked with Betty McDowell, Greg, Greg her boyfriend's mm, mom, yeah. and this Charles McDowell's wife. Um, so the company Christmas party, she was worried about signing her name up because she didn't want Betty and Greg to be there. Um, so she signed it up last minute, but then Betty did see it. And Betty said that her and Charles McDowell and their son, Greg, were all going to come to this party. And so Rhonda was like, no, if Greg comes, she was talking to her mother. She's like, if Greg comes, then I won't be able to talk to anybody because he gets really mad when I talk to anybody. So she wasn't going to go to the party if she found out that Greg was also going to the party. She also wanted to buy a new outfit. And if Greg found out that she bought a new outfit, he would go crazy on her so she was really bummed out yeah. finding out that they were gonna go so at the last minute they decided not to go the mcdowell's but greg was not happy about it he was very upset does anything make greg happy no I know. nothing makes fuck? greg happy no because he's psycho he's only her smile would be a narcissist. possessive narcissist um so yeah she goes to this party and she's she feels great she has her new outfit on and everything and then she goes to stay with her friend um sherry and uh she before going to bed it's 12 30 at night she said she was going to call greg to say good night and she calls him 
and Greg is very, very upset. He's very mad because he's Greg. And because <laughs> he's Greg. Because he's Greg. He's Greg. And all the reason he needs. Rhonda is like visibly upset. Um, she's like holding back tears. She doesn't really cry or show emotions that much, but she was like really upset. And she goes, I guess that's it. I guess I better go then. And then she hangs up the phone and tells her friend, like, hey, I can't spend the night. I think Mia and Greg are gonna break up. And um, she I I could I don't want to like how can you let her go? I know I'm like you can't let your friends go when they're like leaving the house like that. Well, she's especially a, in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's hard. Didn't know. Like there's a lot of regret in all of these people. Like if I would have just like because yeah. uh, Rhonda had invited her best friend Jill, but uh, Jill said no because she had plans with her boyfriend Mark that night. And to this day, Jill is Mark. just like just kidding, Jill. Well, actually, oh, she's shit. the third suspect. Oh, my God. But Jill, to this day, she was so fucking I just feel like it's this. such a rule that we need to pick up, like, forever and ever, that, like, if a girl is having issues with her boyfriend, she shouldn't leave in the middle of the night to Especially go see Especially when him. he's, like, physically abusive. Yeah. A lot of times, though, they didn't know that it was happening, you know? Yeah, she did keep to herself a yeah. lot. But, like, I don't know. if Women, we have intuition. Like, we should try to use it a little bit more and just be like, how about you just wait until tomorrow? I don't feel comfortable letting you leave tonight yeah i, I feel mean, like we have to make that like a thing amongst ourselves but you know what i think i think i get what you're saying and i think you're right but I, I picture like if any of you were at my house like you know if you were at my house and you were going through a breakup and you're like no i just have to get rid of it i just have to figure it out i just have to go do it i would let you go because i'm like well she's a pretty strong woman like she's pretty independent hindsight I, is 2020 you know, it, hindsight yeah. is 2020 Maybe we should normalize that. But we should normalize that because protection is so much greater. Also, you don't want your friend to talk to them at the height of their emotions. Mm-hmm. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, like the middle of the night, especially if people like have been drinking or something. And it's, yeah, like at, you, things weird things happen at night. Fights escalate at night more than they do in the daylight. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and there, um, she did hide stuff from her best friend a lot because her best friend was very protective of her and was like, if I ever find out anything, I will make sure you guys break up. So there was this one time where they were all, um, Jill, her boyfriend, Mark, and they were always hanging out together. They were double dating together all the time. Um, so Greg and Rhonda and Jill and Mark were all at some, um, like getaway together. And, Greg and Rhonda got in a fight because Rhonda wouldn't have sex with him. And then Greg went to the beach and tried to pick up other girls. And then Rhonda found Are out about it. So they got in a fight. Yeah. God, I yeah. hate this guy. Uh, I know. Like, so many guys are like him too, and it's disgusting. Even if he didn't do it, just fucking lock him up. I know. As I was reading through these articles, I'm like, oh, fucking asshole. You think this? You just gotta, uh, you gotta out psycho them. Yeah. Send me in. You just got to recognize that first red flag and fucking peace out. One red flag, you're out. Set it on fire. Yeah. Also, what was weird too, there's a lot of weird stuff, obviously, but um, when... Rhonda's parents found out she that Rhonda had died. They called Greg right away and they're like, your girlfriend died. And he took two hours to get to their house, even though he only lives, lives 15 minutes away. Mm. And when he got there, he was freshly showered and uh-huh. shaved. Oh. And he wouldn't t- he wouldn't make eye contact with anybody. He wouldn't talk to anybody. And then later in the night, um, Rhonda's mother came up to try to hug him. And uh, as soon as she said, what are we going to do about Rhonda? Greg went to the bathroom and vomited everywhere. What? Yeah, he couldn't he talk so about Rhonda without throwing up. 
Oh my god, he totally did it. He did, or his dad did it. And then, and up. then later, after Greg went home, like a few a day later, um, Jill and Mark went to go see him to see if he was doing okay. And his mom answered Betty and was like really annoyed that they were there, like just like blah. like wouldn't you want people to console your son? But she was like, why are you here? And then she just let them in, and Greg wouldn't. She knew about it too. Greg wouldn't make eye contact with them. He wouldn't talk to them. These are his best friends. Wow. He wouldn't make eye contact with them. He just like sat glazed over with the tv on and then as they were leaving greg comes running out and hands them a box of condoms because he says that he didn't want Rhonda's parents to find out they were having sex and then that's that's it so that's where the nut comes in and that's and that's the only part of the nut that you know got it got it yeah i was hoping there would be like it's not that juicy okay no juicy nut just not juicy at least they're using protection yeah um okay some other weird things (laughs) There, when Rhonda left for work, so she had to work before she had the party. So it was on like a Thursday. And so everybody went to work and then they went and changed and then they came back for the party. So as she was going to work that day, um, it was really, really cold out, but she didn't have a sweater. She didn't have any overcoat to wear. And her mom was like, what, where are your coats? And she said that one of her sweaters was in um, Mark's car because him and Mark or Mark and her went Christmas shopping for their friend Jill's present. So then she left her sweatshirt in his car. And then um, her letter jacket was with Greg because she left it at his house. So she didn't have a jacket to wear. So she picked out this old like multicolored jacket to wear to work that day. Um, and then later after they discovered her vehicle they found both the letter jacket and this gray sweatshirt it was so greg in the car wow wait why like how what so why would he just drop off her sweater then that's weird so yeah there were a few other items in the car there was a, this is mark's a, car right this is Rhonda's car wait so but she left her sweater in her friend's boyfriend's car Yes. When, oh, when I she picked up that. She left it in Greg's car. No, no, no. She oh. left. Um, this is Jill's boyfriend. Jill's car. boyfriend oh, has her gray sweatshirt because oh. they went Christmas shopping for Jill's present together and Rhonda left it in his car. Um, hmm. The letter jacket she left with Greg. Greg had the letter jacket. Okay, so this is interesting too. On the night of her murder, um, around the same time, so her murder happened around, um, like right after she left Sherry's house, was 12.30 at night, so it was somewhere in the wee hours of the morning. Um, Around that same time, Mark had just dropped Jill off at her house at 12.30, and she remembers the time because she had missed curfew by 30 minutes, and she was worried that her parents were going to get upset. And as she was saying goodbye to Mark, she noticed Rhonda's sweatshirt in the back of his car, and she asked him about it, but it was like nothing fishy or anything because they were all good friends. Um, And he was like, oh, yeah, she left it in my car when we went Christmas shopping for your present. And Jill was like, oh, do you want me to give it back to her? And he's like, oh, no, I'll just see her. I'll just give it to Greg when I see him tomorrow. So she's like, okay, whatever. I don't want to be late, and I don't want my parents to be bad. She goes in her house. And then so she saw that sweatshirt in his car that night. And that's the same one that was But found? that was in Rhonda's car. Oh, shit. That same night when Rhonda's car was found and she was dead. So how did Rhonda get that sweatshirt? Oh, my God. And that where Rhonda's car um, was shot is in direct route of where Mark had to travel to get back to his house. Oh, so he met up with Greg and they both somehow killed her. Possibly. There were two people that the witness saw. Yeah. Because Greg's possibly. car was there, but then Mark's connected to it with the sweater. Yeah. And um, in Rhonda's car, she also had a wooden bowl that belonged to Mark's parents. 
She's in yeah, that's a she's, random. She's mingling with Mark a little too much. And her car was completely cleaned out and there was no clutter before the party because mm-hmm. Rhonda kept her car pretty clean. She also had in her car a pink stuffed snake that Greg had won for her when they were all at that outing, that getaway. Mm. And they like, you know, had an inside joke about it because it's like a small pink snake. And <laughs> like, yeah, had, yeah, it was their little thing. Yeah. Does he so have a like, tiny pink snake too? Sure does sound like it. <laughs> probably. He acts like it. Very probably. tiny. This pink snake was probably bigger. It was about a foot. Mm-hmm. I and hope that'd be bigger. Jesus. Yeah, right? There was also a note from Greg, a handwritten note that was found. And I can't remember. It was, it was unclear whether this was found on her windshield or inside her car. It was just among the items that were found. Um, but it was a handwritten note from Greg saying, I will always love you. Weird, huh? So let's get into some more weird things about Charles McDowell, though, because he's not off the hook, okay? Just because we're talking about Mark and Craig. I want to go back to him because he led the funeral. Um, Rhonda's Because he was a pastor in the town and Rhonda's parents just were like, he was there on the night that uh, Rhonda died. They were like, he was one of the people that were over at the house. And so they they didn't know about that. Mm. (laughs) So um, they asked him to lead the funeral. So he did. But the funeral was really weird. It was, first of all, like the shortest funeral that anyone had ever been to. Like, it was just really, really brief. And Charles barely said anything nice about Rhonda. He just said, like, he barely knew her. He, she went to dinner a few times with the family. And she had a nice smile. And that, that was it. Wow. Oh, my God. He's such a liar. Yeah. yeah. And He's then, like, it's so obvious when you're trying to act like you don't know someone. Yeah. Like, you... If you weren't guilty, you would. Why would you bring you it up? Yeah. You would have just added, like, you do know her more than that. But yeah. you're trying to act like you don't. Whatever, Charles. Yeah, yes. which also was in conflict with what he said later. He directly Ooh. contradicted himself because later yeah. he tried to say that she was like a daughter to him. But wow. um, during this eulogy, he also mentioned that he wasn't sure if Rhonda was in hell or not. What? Yeah, which is super insensitive. He's projecting on. He is a narcissist. Yeah, and he's projecting right onto her. No wonder Greg's the way he is. And then later, um, when friends and family were like, "Why did you say this?" Because a lot of them didn't had never met Charles McDowell before. This was the first time they ever met him, and they were like, "Man, he must not like Rhonda." And so they're like, "Why did you say this hell comment?" It was really like mean to say and he goes oh no i didn't mean it in a in a mean way like i just don't know her faith and so a lot of good people end up in hell you know oh my god yeah we just don't i'm just saying we don't we don't know if she's that's disgusting yeah like why say that if you're a pastor you wouldn't like why would you need to say that there was no sympathy at all um and then the song that he chose was all about forgiveness and just moving on Damn. <laughs> yeah, and then the whole Wait, family. What was the song about? Was about forgiveness. Oh. It was just like, hey, oh forget God. and move on. Forgive. Like God has a plan. Like so, you should just forgive and move on. Jeez. Um, yeah, and then also uh, the like the McDowells in general, like the mom, the dad, um, the sister the Greg. They don't. They didn't really show emotion. They would just kind of get angry whenever Rondo was brought up. Um, also later people were like, why did you ask, um, Charles McDowell to do the funeral? They are asking Rhonda's parents cause they had never met him before. And she was like, well, one, he was the father of my 
you know, the boyfriend, but also like, I think he did it. And I was kind of half hoping, <gasps> hoping that he would confess in front of everybody. Oh my gosh, like, who said that? Oh my God, the, the mom? Rhonda's, yeah, Rhonda's mom. Oh, oh my God, damn. that's my kind of bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah, so like one one instance, uh, her friend, the, Rhonda's mom's friend, Linda, asked Charles about Greg and how he was doing. And he was just quickly like, Greg is fine. And uh, Linda was like, I'm afraid this will really hurt Greg for some time. And Charles McDowell was like, no, it won't. Greg will be fine. He's going to forget Rhonda and this part of his life. And he's not going to let it bother him. Oh, no. Greg did it. His and then dad, his dad he, they're covering up for Greg. Yeah. He, then he went to Rhonda's mom and was like, hey, um, you should forget about Rhonda. You should live for Bobby and her son, Robbie. Like uh, a carload of boys probably got behind a, a girl out at the time of night or probably went behind this girl at the time of night and started shooting at her when um, that's such a bullshit made up yeah when she didn't react a to one them. shot yeah one shot and then he said you'll never know who did this he also said that Rhonda would be dismayed if she knew how the mom was acting wait who said you'll never know who did this charles mcdowell the and dad then, yeah and then he said that Rhonda will what Rhonda would be dismayed if she knew how the mom was acting Gas, concerned like gaslighting yeah exactly wow. um so later the Hintons hired a private investigator and invite and the private investigator advised them to record all conversations regarding Rhonda's death. And Charles McDowell came over furious after somebody went to his house to interview him and ask why the Hintons thought that he had murdered their daughter. He loved her like a, like his own daughter <laughs> and Betty, his wife even got her the job, which was later proved to be untrue because the place wow. she was working was like, no, we hired her because mm -hmm. we liked her work ethic. Yeah. Rhonda's mom brought up, uh, why did you say my daughter's probably in hell then? And mm -hmm. Mr. McDowell was like, Miss Hinson, there's a lot of good people in hell. And then she told him about her alcoholic father and that he was a good man, even though he drank. And Charles said, I hate people who drink. And then during the course of the conversation, um, the Reverend Charles McDowell summarized his whereabouts on that morning of the December 23rd, 22nd, 1981. Because the mom was like, well, then where were you? you right. And so he goes, I came through the crime, crime scene. I stopped. I asked what had happened. I thought she had passed out, run off the road, and that was what killed her. The police would not tell me what happened. They told me to come over to your house. When I got there, me, the sheriff was there. I called Betty and Greg, his wife and son. And when Rhonda called, uh, Greg talked to her. I didn't. I didn't know they had argued until the next day. Greg acted normal. He said she had gone to the party alone and he was going to stay at home. I went to Sherry's, that was the coworker house and came through Longview and then he got on the um, on the highway. I thought that was the route she would have taken. I've been to Sherry's once to pick Rhonda up. That's how I knew where Sherry lived. I left the house about 2.30 a.m. or 3 a.m. to go look for Rhonda. But what's weird, and then once again he reiterated that the case would never be solved and that he told he told me nothing would uh, help Rhonda now and other people should not be hurt because of this. But later Sherry said he never picked up Rhonda from my house. He has no idea where I live. Wow. There's no way he would have known that. So it's interesting. It's very contradicting. Mm -hmm. Also, that why is um, he so sure it's never going to get solved? I know he's hiding evidence. Projecting. Yeah. Also, um, Greg was adamant that he picked Rhonda up in a a burgundy Toyota, but the person that said he picked her up was like, no, it was a blue Nova. Like with, oh. and when she saw the unsolved murder episode, the unsolved mysteries episode. When they showed the car, she got chills down her spine because she's like, that's the car that Greg was driving. Wow. Yeah. That was him. That belonged to Charles McDowell. Man, people suck at committing crimes. 
Also, Charles McDowell was a hunter. Oh, of course. Oh, so he has plenty of guns There's and great There's a murder weapon. But I just don't get why the dad would want to kill her. Right? You know what I'm she thinking? Would've... I feel like I, the son did it. I think maybe like the dad did something to Rhonda and then somehow the son and the wife found out and then the Charles ended up saying like, well, she seduced me. Like she was, she was the one that came on to me. And then, so that's when they were like, well, we got to do something about this. And they, they probably offed her. And that's why they're all covering up. It's a whole family of crazies. Mm-hmm. I don't think the mom was involved. I think she found out later. And I think like, cause a lot of women that are super weak, they, she would just be upset that the whole thing happened, but that the dad touched the little girl. Cause you know, like a lot of times abuse, when abuse happens to young women too, like even when it's their own daughters, like the, the older women's get upset and yeah. they're just like, they don't know how to deal with it. So it turns to anger and blame like on the victim. Because they just don't want it to right. be happening. Yeah. And they're like, I can't believe that this is even my life now. So they just like make it the victim's fault. For and bringing they, it up. In yeah. The first or place. like yeah. For, for even existing and for the man to like abuse them, like they blame the, the younger girl. So it's like, I feel like the mom was just like mad it happened. I don't think she was there for the murder. I don't, I don't think, or maybe she wasn't there for the murder, but I definitely feel like that's the reason why there was so much anger. Some sort of covering up from that it was Betty. the dad that, yeah. that did something creepy. For yeah. sure the whole family knew and everyone's just covering it up. It's just a matter of who did it in the family. Right. I think it Either was the like, son. Yeah, yeah. The son did it and the parents are covering up for him or the other. But then how did Mark so. get her sweater from Mark's car to her car? What I think happened with that is that um, he was driving home. He saw Greg's car because it's a small town, right? And there's only one highway. So I I think he saw Greg's car and was like, oh shit, hey. Here's um, your girlfriend's sweater. Yeah, can you give this to Rhonda? Oh. That probably ticked him off, oh, and that's right. why he was so mad. Like, how come you have Rhonda's fucking it's sweater? Like, she's fucking my yeah, dad, and she's part. fucking my best friend. I'm gonna shoot this bitch. Yeah. Oh, she and will then, never love another man. Yeah. And then, like, the, the amount of stuff that she had, like, the mismatched amount of stuff, is kind of like when you go through a breakup and you're getting all your belongings yeah. back from the person that you're breaking up with. So it seems like they met up, Rhonda and Greg met up. Greg gave her back all her stuff. Probably wanted to like resolve things. That's how he got her to leave his friends. Like we're, we're breaking up right now. You need to come get your shit. Like that. So I guess I better leave, you know? And so she goes to meet up with him and get his, get those things. And then, Maybe as she's leaving, he's like, no, I can't fucking deal with this. That's exactly what I think. I honestly also think that it wasn't, he didn't plan to kill her. I think he wanted to scare her, like maybe pop Mm. her tires or like aim for like the just. But then he shot her right in the heart. Because if you look, the bullet is is aimed downwards. So, um, but then the the hill, she was driving up a sort of slant. So yeah, I think he didn't mean to hit her but still like but then why drag her out and then leave her on the side of the road with her arms oh down. okay so that part there was i told you there's a bunch of stuff suspects um one group of suspects that got ruled out right away were the people that were first on the scene so there were a couple party goers that found her right away and um i think they might have thought she was a drunk driver and was like trying to pull her out and then realized that oh, like she's, oh like, bleeding shit all over she's her. dead yeah and um just like, left yeah left her and then went to the police there was no dna stuff back in the they 80s, were actually right? yeah there's no dna and yeah. they were actually really terrible with handling the evidence everything was tampered with like they can't find like half of the things anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was really bad so it's a lot a lot of the reason why this case goes unsolved also there were so many detectives one of the detectives analyzed that charles mcdowell um 
has traits of a psychopath, but appears to be very intelligent and calculated. And it's more likely that maybe he convinced Greg that Rhonda was causing him stress and grief. And that if anything were to happen to her, that she probably deserved it and that the family shouldn't wow. suffer because of it. So, and he hides behind being a pastor. Traits so no one of sees a psychopath. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I thought was kind of funny when I was researching this case is that psychics were involved three times. They <laughs> use psychics a lot in yeah. police investigations. I think like when they can't find something, they're like yeah. they're so desperate that yeah. they just are like, fuck it, let's go to a psychic. It's and so see what funny, they say. but they like don't want to admit it, but then they use them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why that TV show is so good. Yeah. Psych- <laughs> so the first psychic was hired by the parents of Rhonda because they were just so desperate. They're yeah. like, they wanted answers. So I can understand that. Mm-hmm. And the psychic said she knows for sure that it was Charles McDowell. the second psychic um was hired i don't know if hired or she just wanted to contribute Mm. um after it had been so many amount of years uh another detective met with her and um the detective says that he does not believe in psychics at all but then this psychic told him a word that has such significance to him that nobody else would have known this word or what it meant and so it sent chills down his spine and he agreed to like meet with her and this psychic said that it was definitely greg mcdowell and that it was a passion killing like he wanted ronda to stay and she decided to leave and then he picked up a gun and just shot but didn't like intend to kill her and then he felt incredibly guilty for what he'd done and so she thinks the parents just try to f- convince him up, to forget yeah. about it yeah wow. and um and then the third psychic drew pictures of who she thought uh, i don't know if it was a he or she but who they thought killed Rhonda. and she drew two pictures not knowing very much about the case and one looked exactly like greg mcdowell and the other one looked exactly like Mark's new wife, Faith, which was so weird and freaked Faith out. She's like, I don't know why this person drew me. with Jill and Mark? Um, Oh yeah, so Jill and Mark broke up because Mark was like not into Rhonda's death at all. Like psychic, totally not into it at all. Like not about it. Mark was like, get over it. Like she died, and Jill was like just totally torn up. It's her best friend, and so she he didn't console her at all. He was just like, I just don't want to think about it anymore. So they ended up breaking up because of that. And then within a year, he ends up marrying this girl Faith. Dude, all these guys suck. Yeah, Yeah. and Faith was a mutual friend of all of theirs like she knew Rhonda, she knew uh, greg she oh wait so faith was already in that circle kind of but like as a like just an acquaintance Hmm. and then they got married a year after breaking up less than a year oh my god and jill went to the wedding what i know it's tea guys That's how small of it's a, a town small town is? okay it's a small town i could Jeez. never yeah <laughs> but that's how the case remains now there's no that's it like there's not enough evidence they tried to take dna samples they did find dna samples of someone unknown um on one of, of the outfits she was wearing but they are not allowed to take DNA samples of people that they suspect unless those people commit crimes. So, or they volunteer their DNA samples. But yeah, um, yeah so they really like can't reopen the case because they don't have enough evidence. Oh, Wait, man. so right now you can't collect someone's DNA? You can't unless they get caught with a crime. Then their DNA gets sampled. I don't know. Um, that. Do it like in they can twenty three and me. They can not request everyone. it. That's why there's those conspiracies that like they want I everyone's if DNA. Enough of a suspect if um, they can get a judge to court order it. No, 
Um, yeah, but they'd have to have enough probable cause. Just do it like they do on TV. Just like offer him a cup of water and be like, oh, thank you. And then take the cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would you like a piece of gum? And yeah. then just follow him to the trash And then can. just yeah. frame them for a different crime yeah. and then get the DNA yeah. and then yeah. link them to that crime. God, we'd be Ooh, great detectives. The, the psychic? The, the <laughs> second psychic? chaos. The one that thinks Greg did it, um, the second one, that got that word that meant a lot to the detective she described greg's office to a t had never been there and said to look for this picture of his wife that's sitting on a certain shelf and like described it in detail and said that the wife actually looks a lot like Rhonda. and so greg got married after yeah. all this mm-hmm. and yeah. the wife I can't believe like a woman would marry him yeah and then so well, she probably didn't so know. when he went to greg's office he found everything exactly like the psychic said wouldn't this be like in the public eye this whole case was in the public eye and a bitch still married greg yeah yeah mm. but like was i she said also friends this part wasn't really right? publicized like this didn't get publicized until the, the 2000s fact that he was a suspect? so it was like 20 years later yeah oh. damn yeah because in the original Wasn't information, in the local news? no. Like, Wait, so what did what did they find by the wife's picture? Uh, that was she was just, just describing the uh, the office. Yeah, she just didn't to like, prove like listen. Like, this I'm the is real this dude. is the guy that I'm talking about. So maybe yeah. the second psychic seems like the most legit. I think so. I, I mean, what's her number? I know, I know. Right? <laughs> right? That's what I was thinking too. She's we already dead. She was like sixty in the eighties. She's she already predict dead. her own death. <laughs> So I'm thinking it's Greg. I'm just gonna say it. What the fuck is Greg? But I don't up to know. It's days. all a legend. Huh, Greg? What are you up to these days? He's a engineer? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Creepy. What crazy. do you guys think? I think it was Greg and the family's trying to cover it up. Yeah. yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Um, I mean the original detective on the scene said I think it's the boyfriend, but they didn't he didn't have enough evidence and so they kind of shushed him. Um, why is mark such a, a, a suspect though other than the because of the thing. sweatshirt and he couldn't recall it and they think the reason he can't recall what where the handoff happened is because earlier that morning he had gone to the emergency room because of an injury on his back and so he was put on three different medications oh. and so they think like it kind of just fucked with his memory also gosh there were so many details but like um greg mcdowell failed his first polygraph test Oh, well, those aren't reliable. Uh, yeah, but they're not admissible in court. So um, his dad was like, so what? Fuck off. And Jeez. then the second one, he passed like a, a year later. Wow. Hmm. So we don't we don't know. It's very unsolved. There's not poor enough Rhonda. evidence. She hasn't you know, gotten but justice. Poor, but the first, the first report was that there was two guys in the blue yeah. car. Yeah, could have right? been Charles. So it could have been. Could have been. That family sucks. Because Charles also had some really, you know, weird contradictory things. Like uh, they asked, why didn't you show up to the Christmas party? Like, why did you change your mind? And Betty said, oh, because Charles had a stomach virus. But then later interviewed separately. Their daughter said that the dad had other things to do that night. And that's why he couldn't go to the party. Too many lies. Also, Charles went out on a flight, like left on a flight out of town the day after finding out about Rhonda's death. Wow. Randomly. Like who? Like Why? We don't know. We don't Jeez. know. There's so many whys, not enough answers. Oh, but, no. you know, our heart goes out to Rhonda Hinson and her family. Mm-hmm. We're sorry. I Sucks. hope they find peace one day. And um, I hope oh, she's haunting the shit out of Greg right, right now. Yeah, right. If that, if that exists, I, I hope, hope she's so like, for her. Rattle some chains, bitch. Yeah, slap mm-hmm. him in the balls. <laughs> and his fucking dad. 
Yeah. I slap him in the balls too. Fuck that dad. He's probably dead by now. She didn't even get to do anything. I feel so bad for her. No, she was yeah. so young. 19. Jeez. Anyway, let us know who you think done it in done the it? in the comments. Hopefully you're all boozed up and a drunk detective and mm-hmm. uh, you can solve the case for us. But um, other than that, let us know if you like these, if you want us to keep doing more yeah. murder mystery moons. And if there's moons. any mm-hmm. moons, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a new moon it tonight. It is a new moon tonight. Ooh, we're we going to do our, our stuff. Oh, yeah, we got to do a new moon ritual yeah. coming right up. Yeah, check out that vlog too. It's happening. Yeah, um, yeah subscribe, like us. All that stuff. And if there's any cases you want us to talk about, let us know in the comments. We love you. We love you. Bye. But not you, Greg. Fuck you, Stay safe. Don't let your friends leave without Mm. mm, protecting them. Protect whammon. Protect whammons. Whammons. Take a drink of my cigarette.